This is The Space Shot, episode 240 for January 9th, 2018. LDEF. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. I've got a news update before we start into history today. Twitter was ablaze Monday with talk of the Zuma mission from SpaceX. According to an article by Lauren Grush with The Verge, a SpaceX spokesperson said that, quote, We do not comment on missions of this nature, but as of right now, reviews of the data indicated Falcon 9 performed nominally. Further, Northrop Grumman stated that, quote, This is a classified mission. We cannot comment on classified mission. How the satellite failed could be due to a number of reasons, as Grush points out in her article. I'm linking to it in the show notes, so be sure to check it out. It is a great write-up of what's been happening over the last 48 hours. SpaceX is moving forward with the test of Falcon Heavy this week, and it's been noted by multiple people online that SpaceX proceeding with that test is evidence that they aren't at fault. There's also talk that the Northrop Grumman-built payload adapter failed, causing the satellite not to deploy properly. If you jump on Twitter or Facebook, you're bound to see any number of SpaceX fans and haters talking about the Zuma mission. I've been seeing Twitter feed updates as I'm recording this episode, so I do have a bit of late-breaking news here. Gwen Shotwell, president and COO of SpaceX, released a statement just a short time ago. Quote, for clarity, after review of all data to date, Falcon 9 did everything correctly on Sunday night. If we or others find otherwise based on further review, we will report it immediately. Information published that is contrary to this statement is categorically false. Due to the classified nature of the payload, no further comment is possible. Since the data reviewed so far indicates that no design, operational, or other changes are needed, we do not anticipate any impact on the upcoming launch schedule. Falcon Heavy has been rolled out to launch pad LC-39A for a static fire later this week, to be followed shortly thereafter by its maiden flight. We're also preparing for a Falcon 9 launch for SES and the Luxembourg government from Slick 40 in three weeks. That is a pretty definitive statement from Shotwell, so it will be interesting to see what happens with this news over the next few days. The Wall Street Journal and other outlets have reported that it was a SpaceX failure, but that doesn't seem to be the case. In any event, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Now I've got a little history. On January 9, 1990, the Space Shuttle Columbia lifted off on a nearly 11-day-long mission. Columbia and her crew deployed a CINCOM satellite and brought back a satellite that I was extremely interested in as a kid. Originally launched in 1984 on board the Space Shuttle Challenger, LDEF, or the Long Duration Exposure Facility, was meant to stay in orbit for only one year. However, after the Challenger disaster, the facility was left in space for much longer than planned, over five and a half years to be exact. According to NASA, there were 57 science and technology experiments carried on the LDEF, and quote, those experiments represented the work of more than 200 investigators, 33 private companies, 21 universities, 7 NASA centers, 9 Department of Defense laboratories, and 8 foreign countries. And from what it sounds like, a partridge in a pear tree as well. 
LDF was featured in the movie The Dream is Alive, a movie that I watched so many times as a kid that the VHS cassette ended up wearing out. I was always fascinated by the design of this spacecraft, and I really don't know why. It's just a 12-sided tube about 30 feet long and 14 feet wide that weighed 21,000 pounds at launch. There were different panels, each with different materials and experiments exposed to the vacuum of space. The Space Shuttle Challenger deployed the satellite into a circular orbit that initially started off at 250 miles, but over the longer-than-planned mission, LDEF's orbit decayed to 179 miles. At the time of its retrieval, it was just months away from re-entering Earth's atmosphere, and after 32,422 orbits of Earth, LDEF was captured by the Space Shuttle Columbia on January 11, 1990. The spacecraft was important because it showed how materials interacted with the space environment over long periods. Studying the effects that the radiation and micrometeoroids have on spacecraft is important for longer-term human and robotic missions, whether they're in low Earth orbit or out in deep space. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I'd appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes. If you leave a review, screenshot it and send it to me at John Molnix pretty much everywhere on the internet, and I'll shoot you a space shot sticker and a little thank you. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button, that way you don't miss out on any of the daily episodes. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook, just search The Space Shot or click the link in the show notes. Tomorrow, we remember John Young. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.